One of the great things about talking about wine in California and wine in travel is that wine always grows in beautiful places, and people travel to beautiful places to learn about wine, taste wine, see wine, although seeing wine, I'm not sure, is the most satisfying event, but we're going to be talking about all of that today with Mick Wilson of Wilson Creek Winery in the Temecula Valley in Southern California. Mick, welcome to Traveling. Well, thanks, Paul. Good morning. One of the things that's really true about wine is that I don't know that wine grows in too many ugly places. No, anytime you see some grapes and some vines, it is so beautiful. And down here in Temecula Valley, people are surprised that such a beautiful area exists here, that there is a beautiful wine region right here in our backyard in Southern California. Well, I'm not going to reveal how many years ago this was, but many years ago, I was an editor at a magazine called California Business, and I was assigned to cover the business of the wine industry. And I had a call from a man named Ely Calloway. And he said, you know, I've just planted some grapes down here and it's going to be a great place to grow grapes. And I thought, oh my gosh, where? And he said, the Temecula Valley. (laughs) And I thought, I've been to the Temecula Valley. I never thought anything good grew down there. It did, obviously. And he was certainly one of the pioneers uh, with all of that. And today, how many vineyards are there in the Temecula Valley? Right now, there's about 40 established wineries and there's another 10 on the books coming. And what's fun about the wineries here, they're pretty tightly knitted together. You can visit three or four wineries, or for those more daring, five or six, and you can hit them just one after another. But what's nice about it, they're very unique. They're very different from the large ones like Callaway, as you mentioned, and us as well at Wilson Creek Winery. It makes a fun day. Hot air ballooning, beautiful restaurants out here, wine country, horseback riding. There's also some good tours in the area where you can do some wine tours. There are some great hotels out here in wine country and some bed and breakfasts. We have one as well called the Wilson Creek Manor. Come and stay the night. Make it a destination. And also in Temecula Valley, for the golfers out there, they know that there's four or five premium golf courses in the valley here as well. It's a real success story in terms of growth, not only for wine, but for tourism. And it's, what, about halfway, I guess we'd say, between San Diego and Los Angeles. Yeah, we're about... 50 minutes to an hour from San Diego, a little bit over an hour from Los Angeles and Orange County, and same distance from Riverside and Palm Springs. We're right in the middle between all those. Yeah, we get a, a lot of people visiting from Orange County and San Diego, and surprisingly a lot of people from Los Angeles as well. It's really remarkable, and there are great places to eat out there, including your restaurants, and great places to stay, including your B&B. Now, yeah. Mick, it's a real success story, the Temecula Valley. How did this all come to be? I know about Ely Calloway and whatever, but obviously there were a lot more opportunities for growing grapes in the Temecula area than just Ely. Yes, he was the founder. When he started Calloway, there was just a dirt road out here, (laughs) and now the place is absolutely booming. When we started the winery, we're originally from Pasadena, South Pasadena to be exact, so we're some suburbanites who had an idea to do this together as a family in 1996. So we bought an existing plot out here of land because a winery we were looking at doing kind of a turnkey operation to run as a family that a friend said, hey, Wilsons, you guys throw a lot of great parties in South Pasadena. Why don't you come out and take a look at this wine region called Temecula Valley? I have not heard of it at the time. And so we as a family came out and looked at the area, fell in love with it, fell in love with this winery. Unfortunately, at the last minute, the winery uh, the winery owner didn't want to sell, which left us kind of hanging. So we found 20 acres of land and bought that and built from scratch. At the time wow. in 1996, we were the 14th winery. We started building, opened up 
up in 2000. And I think we kind of hit it with a splash because we're Midwest by nature, hospitality. My older brother, my younger sister were trained in how to throw parties. <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> so make it fun in a fun way. And what happened is we made wine fun. We brought the element of taking wine off the snob shelf and making it appealing to any level, whether you're a wine trained professional, you're entry level, just looking at what wine's all about and learning. I think that's what made Wilson Creek special is we made it accessible. We made it fun. We made it interesting. And we made it very family as well. So we've been in existence since 2000 and now the area has exploded. More wineries are coming. More people are looking at building wineries in the area. We're looking at expanding more vineyard acreage, which is key. And this whole area is just beautiful. And sometimes you don't really see it until you get up in a hot air balloon and you look down and you go, oh my gosh, this is striking out here. In a way, this is sort of a Napa Valley South, and I don't mean to demean either places by that. But you're absolutely right. There are all the attractions that you can do in the Napa Valley. There's so many of them. The only thing you don't have is the real wine history. This is not an area, as you mentioned, Ely Calloway was the founder of that. And I remember driving that dirt road a long time ago. But at any rate, the Temecula Valley has become known for certain types of wine that it does extremely well and wins awards with. And a matter of fact, now keep in mind, I love other wine regions. I love Napa. I love Sonoma. I love the Central Coast, Santa Barbara, Solvang area. I love visiting those. What makes Temecula different is that we grow grapes that they don't necessarily grow as well there because we all have unique microclimates in terroir. So we grow more of the Rhone-style varietals down here, which will be your Syrah, your Viognier, Mouvedre, Grenache. We grow those extremely well. We have warm days and cool nights. But yet we also grow the Bordeaux varietals well that Napa does. We grow great Cabernet Sauvignon. We grow great Malbec, Merlot, Petit Verdot. We grow those really well too. And what's nice about it, because we don't have the letters NAPA on the bottle, it's much more affordable (laughs) because of the perception. And what's interesting, the last, I think, three of the last four years, years, another winery in the area, South Coast Winery, actually won the Golden Bear Award, which is the number one winery in all of California, according to the California State Fair. It's the winery that won the most awards. And that kind of raised my eyebrows in those other wine regions, like, whoa, whoa, you know, Temecula Valley beat us in the award? <laughs> That's the number one winery? Yeah, it's amazing. Back I... in the day when Eli Calloway started, Temecula was known for more of the sweeter wines, which we have here, but it was very one-dimensional. And now some of the winemakers out here are cranking out and handcrafting some gorgeous wines that people who may have visited 10 years ago are now revisiting and are shocked by the level and quality of the wine out here. I remember as a kid, I must have been very precocious, but probably sitting in the back seat wondering if we were there yet. But I was always looking at grapevines. And, you know, in the 50s and 60s, there were a lot of grapevines still in California because they hadn't ground them up and planted, you know, yeah. giant distribution buildings on them, especially if you get out to Cucamonga uh, and, and that area. And I understand California produced some really incredible sweet wines. Yes, California is known on the map worldwide is known for incredible wines. You read some of the wine magazines out there and we're, we're on the tops there. But what attracts people to Temecula is some of our sweeter wines. We have some beautiful rosés. We have one of our favorite wines here is called a white Cabernet. It's a white wine that's actually pressed from a red grape. So we get just the juice without any of the skin contact. That's our best-selling white wine next to our almond champagne, which is more of our flagship. And that kind of got
got us on the map. So it's interesting. We, we've learned that people, they like sweet. They're kind of going more to the dry area as well, which we have those. My dad, Jerry Wilson, has a joke. He said, if I made wines just based on my palate, we would go broke here. Hmm. We want to be able to give a lot of different wines to a lot of different people. Because we have a saying at Wilson Creek that the best wine is what you like. Wine's like music. It's like art. What's the best music out there? What's the best art out there? It's partially subjective. It's what you like. And people have different palettes and different taste bud arrangements and, and taste buds per square inch. The scientists have measured that people like different wines. And so gravitate to those that you like and yet also push yourself a little bit. If you like sweet wines, maybe try that drier Chardonnay or that drier Muscat, not just the sweeter Muscat, and venture out a little bit and push yourself. Boy, that's great advice. Now, you're, of course, a member of the Wine Educators and highly regarded uh, for your wine expertise. And that's taken a long time to get. This is not something you just go to school for a weekend and get a certificate. Well, perhaps some do, but real people that don't. You know, wine educators. Now, you, your family has done a couple of wine cruises on Ama waterways, and that sort of started us on this odyssey as as a way of traveling and enjoying wine. And this last year, 2014, you were on a wine cruise in Europe. Yeah, 2014, in November, we sailed the Danube River, and we started out in Prague and spent three days in Prague and then went over and started the trip on the Danube in Germany, went through Austria, and then ended up in Budapest, Hungary. And the reason we chose Alma Waterways is they literally are five-star. And you see it when you see some other companies out on the river and you see the boat side by side. The ratio of people to employees on the ship are extremely high. The quality of the food on top of the deck, the sun deck on our boat, we actually had a warm swimming pool with a swim-up bar to it. This is on a river. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So there's about 150 guests on board. And the wine cruises, which are fun, they're obviously in the wine regions. And so they invite a wine expert or winery owner on board. And we do onboard wine seminars. We did a seminar on red wine, on white wine. We actually ship our wine out to these ships and do the tasting on board. Uh, We do wine paired dinners. And when we get into certain cities, we have wine excursions and visit local wineries and talk to the local vintners and taste their wines, which is absolutely a blast. And keep in mind, with Alma Waterways, all those excursions that they do are complimentary. You don't get dinged I and mean, have to pay for all these things. It's part, of the, it's part of the package, which is wonderful. So it is a fun way to experience wine going through the actual wine country and your hotel and restaurant are floating with you. And what I like about uh, river cruising, I've done the ocean cruising, which I think is great. I love ocean cruising, but this is a completely different world because you spend less time getting there and more time being there. As soon as that boat pulls into Vienna, let's say, is that gangplank, I don't know the term, comes down, you walk right into the life of the city and you're right there. It's amazing. And you experience the city. They've got some city tours that they provide. You've got the wine excursions, as I mentioned. You come back on board for beautiful five-star meals. It's absolutely incredible. And you really enjoy and experience the region versus a cruise ship. Sometimes you spend more time in the open ocean than you get to a large port and you got kind of get swallowed by these big cities here and then you do the paid excursions. This is just a different world. And I love both, but I'm leaning more towards river cruises. I've been doing more and more of those. Now, the year before last, we did the Rhone the Rhone River. We started in Barcelona, then we went over and launched near Avignon and went up the Rhone River through the Chateau Neuf de Pop region, ended up in the Hermitage region, we're in the Syrah country in the northern Rhone, and then we went to Lyon, and then we took a bullet train and had an extension, a three-day extension in Paris. 
starting wow. in Barcelona and ending in Paris. That was a fun trip. Not a bad that's trip that's at all, travel. I'll tell you. And, of course, you get, to hang, you get to hang with Mick Wilson and his family and talk about wine. I mean, how great is that? And, Mick, you're absolutely right. Having these tours all-inclusive so nobody's asking you to sign for something every five minutes is tremendous. Gary Murphy and the guys at AMA have done an incredible job in creating these tours. Well, so you're obviously planning for 2015. So tell us about what you're going to do in 2015. Well, we had such good feedback on the 2013 Rhone and the 2014 Danube as we booked the 2015 wine. It's called the Enchanting Wine from Zurich to Amsterdam. And this is aboard one of their newer ships, and it is going to be amazing. We're shipping our wine out there and doing the onboard wine seminars. They're not seminars. They're they're wine tastings. They're interactive. They're fun. We did a seminar on on sparkling wines of the world. That was a blast. So that's going to be fun, starting in Switzerland and ending up in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. And I'm also a World War II buff. So going up the Rhine and experiencing some of that area will be a lot of fun, but also experiencing the vineyards and also connecting with the local vintners will be fun as well. Uh, We're looking forward to that. That's in October. And usually the wine cruises are at the end of the season in November, but we have this one in October. It's going to be a, a little bit warmer. And this cruise is going to sell out fast. I think it's almost sold out, as a matter of fact, because it is a wine cruise that is earlier, and that's going to be in high demand, as a matter of fact. Well, and not only that, there will be a special course helping you learn how to put the basket on your back and use the uh, climbing ropes to get up to those top uh, vineyards. What we do, you know, <laughs> speaking of a course, what we do, I, I kind of like that idea. That would be fun. Is we, um, for those that are booked on a on a cruise, for example, the Danube, uh, we want to learn about German and Austrian and Hungarian wines. So we invited them to the winery. We did a wine course on those wines where we're tasting the wines paired with the foods of the area prepared by our executive chef. And that was fun. So you can go to Europe and go to those wine regions with knowing a little bit more and have a little bit more confidence in knowing how to pronounce those great varietals and what regions are where and what wines are where. And that makes the trip, I think, more enjoyable the more information you have ahead of time. So that's just another little bonus that we give people who book with us. And of course, when you book with a larger group, you get the group discounts. We get a wine club discount for our wine club guests. And that's a lot of fun. This last year on the Danube, we had around 50 people from Wilson Creek. And this year, we're looking at about the same, 50 people joining us, which makes it a lot of fun. Well, and then you're going to get to look over the dining room and ask yourself, why are those people having more fun than I am? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, what's uh, fun about the wine cruises is the staff on board tell us on Alma Waterways that that week with us is the most fun that they have for the entire year because you get people who enjoy wine who I think are just fun in general that are there. They're travelers who want to have fun and experience in life. It's just a fun group of people. Now, if you want to be that wallflower in the corner and just be that romantic couple that stays together, that's great. We've, we've had some honeymooners on the, the trip that go with us, and they have fun. But you start connecting and gravitating towards other people, and it is a fun trip because there's fun people as well. Well, and, and you could uh, find out about a rare Truckenbaren Ausleis, which would then cement your marriage forever because you will have spent enough money to buy a house. Well, I'm impressed that you knew that term. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know many things. 
yeah. Well, I will tell you a very brief story here. Peter Seichel, who owned, still owns, for I know, Blue Nun and, and other things like that, used to invite people in the wine business, in me included, to his Blue Nun tastings, which were mostly just a really nice lunch and a time to get together. Because after all, and he never tasted Blue Nun. We had other German whites and things like that. Well, one week, one year, a friend of mine in New York said, go to the Seychelles tasting. Even if you have to cancel 15 things, go to the Seychelles tasting. So sure enough, I did. And I went to the Century Plaza here in Los Angeles. And we sat down at this table with these, I don't must have been a dozen of these tiny, what I'm not sure what they're called, but you know, they had the thimble sized glasses that you taste rare vintage whites in at the table. And he opened the first one, and it was from a local library. He had gone to all his negotiants and asked them for a rare bottle. And so we were tasting 1840 wines. Oh, my gosh. It was, and now bear in mind, we're only thimbleful in here. The thing that I discovered is that they were gorgeous. The aroma, you think, my gosh, this has been in a bottle for over 100 years. And then the aroma just disappeared. It w- wow. And then it w- you were just drinking a very rare white wine. But it was remarkable experience, one I wouldn't have traded for, for anything. Somewhere I have a list of the wines that we tasted, and they're literally one of a kind and almost unobtainable. And, and some of them were well over 100 years old. So. And then you're doing the math on what that thimble is worth. Oh, I, can, I can't <laughs> imagine. Oh <laughs> yes, this and is before well, the... <laughs> Is, Paul, you, you mentioned Blue Nun. That's a nice, accessible Riesling. That's a good wine. What I've learned about Germany and Austria, some of those Rieslings are phenomenal. And I wasn't a Riesling expert and don't pretend to be, but when I got there, I started learning about, wow, these wines aren't your syrupy, sweet, kind of entry-level Riesling, and that's fine for certain parts of the day, but these are high-level. The Mosel Rieslings that sometimes can go up to 800 to to $1,000 bottle, Yes, uh, just phenomenal. And my new favorite white wine right now well it depends on what day but is a german riesling is absolutely spectacular and, and it's drier than people think but it pairs beautifully with food beautifully with food once in a lifetime experience to taste some of those wines well mick wilson i would think that it's a once in a lifetime experience to travel with you guys at the winery and and your whole family now you said a couple of your members of the family actually trained in how to throw parties <laughs> Well, I think that our family, as I mentioned, Midwest hospitality, but my brother and I, my brother is a year older. He's the CEO here. My sister is a year younger. It really is a family operation. There's eight of us. There's four generations involved in the business here. When people say we're family winery, we really are. At our house in South Pasadena, it became the social center of the city, and that's not hyperbole. We have people over all the time, guests over all the time. And that was back in the day where you could throw bigger parties without having to worry about some of the legality and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. we just were constantly hosting and constantly engaging people. And we just took that same type of vibe, not silly, not over the top, just done well here at the winery. So people come and they have fun, but if they want to sit down and taste a hundred dollar bottle, we've got that. If they want to really leave with that, one of those magnums that you can store for 20 years, we've got that. But if they want to come and just have fun and, and put their feet up in our picnic grounds or eat at our restaurant or go to a wedding here, we do a lot of those. That is just that's great. Our picnic grounds here are packed. You come in here on a Saturday and Sunday and 
every chair practically is taken and people are just enjoying themselves listening to, to live music. So in our opinion, anyone can get wine at any store, but why do they come to Wilson Creek? Why do they come to Temecula Valley or any wine country? It's for the experience. And that's what we hopefully can get people. It's not just great wine, but just to relax and be and create that pocket of sanity where you can exhale a little bit and enjoy life and enjoy friends for the day. And that's what the wine industry is actually all about. Because once yeah. you're in that mood, you start drinking more wine. <laughs> and you would, and you enjoy it. And it's not just about drinking the wine. It's the whole context. It's the picnic. It's the dinner. It's the party. It's popping that cork. It's that smile you see when you hear that pop. And it is. It's, it's the whole experience. And that's going back to the wine cruise. That's what makes that so much fun. It's the whole experience. And people just... They're, they have so much fun doing that. And so I encourage anyone who's ever done an ocean cruise, try a river cruise. And they're apples and oranges. They're, they're completely different. But you'll, you'll be amazed at how different this is, but, but how much time you actually spend in the city, in the village, in the actual wine country. You're not going to have the big, glamorous Vegas shows that they have on some of the bigger cruise ships. And that's okay. I'm, I'd rather be touring an area and talking with a winemaker than watching, watching a glam show. Not the tones are bad, but I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more into history and checking out the castles and experiencing the shops. And for those that like shopping, oh my gosh, some some amazing shopping. The, those the ladies you. on our trip, not to generalize, we're just having a ball going into the tourist traps. You're going to the actual life of the country, which is the river. One of the great things is traveling with Mick Wilson on an Ama Waterways cruise. Check out Ama Waterways and also check out Wilson Creek winery in the Temecula Valley in Southern California. Mick, thank you so much for joining us right here on Traveling. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate the, the time, and I hope people come out and visit Temecula Valley and visit the, the, the amazing wineries and restaurants out here and, and enjoy themselves. It's been a secret out here, but it's becoming less of a secret. <laughs> That's great. People come here and have fun. So thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mick.